Welcome to Kitty the Mutalism, a political podcast that aims to be non-partisan. And just like a taxi driver is going to take the wrong things to the airport to ship them off to another city, we are Kitty the Mutalism. I'm Michael. And today we have a very special podcast. This is a segment that we are going to do every so often called Let's Talk About Whatever. So... Today, we're talking about the NBA Finals because Phil and I are big basketball fans, and Phil's original idea for a podcast was a basketball podcast, which Phil could have done by himself without me, probably, because I don't know as much about basketball as he does when it comes to, like, the X's and O's and the tactical stuff. So. Anyway, what do you think of the Finals, Phil? Well, my first gripe with the Finals, I have to admit, is that, to me... Curry deserved the Finals MVP. Um, Kevin Durant got the Finals MVP, and I felt like I don't. I felt uncomfortable with it uh, at the post game podium. I don't know if the if the um, people couldn't hear Doris Burke who was talking at the ceremony because none of them really looked that animated, but. Um, Curry in particular looked like I would say pretty down about it um, or at least definitely not elated that they had won and I think Curry had been getting some push from the writers in game two after he set in a playoffs record with nine three-pointers which be Ray Allen's record and then um, you know they went out to the 2-0 lead but then in game three, he had the off game where he had 10 points and Durant, or 11, and Durant had 43, and they stole that. I mean, they beat Cleveland again. And then in game four, Curry came back and had 37 in the closeout, and, um, you know, it was a blowout. And for me, it's just a shame that Curry didn't get it. A lot of times it goes to the player that is kind of the presumptive and for whatever reason I don't know if it's jealousy based on what's been going on with Curry for a while because there's a lot of other stars that are jealous of him on a level that they're not jealous of Kevin Durant but I felt like he deserved it and it just left us like a bitter taste in my mouth that um, he didn't get it um, I was looking at a article I think it was on five well the difference is that in game three Steph Curry only had 11 points and six assists. And Durant, he was... Yeah, but what did Durant have in game one? Maybe 25 or so? But he was very inefficient. And Curry Curry, Curry outplayed Durant three of the four games. Yeah, Durant was eight for 22 in the first game. But Steph With Curry was 11 points. and 23. Um, Kevin Durant had 26 points and Steph Curry only had 29. Okay, so Curry had more points. He was more efficient. I mean, Durant's shooting what, almost 33% or 35%. Curry is a jump shooter. He's not shooting him from 10 feet. Yeah, He's Steph Curry, 50%. Steph Curry was 29, had 9 assists and 6 rebounds, and Durant had 26 points, 9 rebounds, and 6 assists. So, I mean, they were really kind of even there. And then game 2, game Curry two. took over. Brooks set the record for... Um, that was pretty the, bad. In the playoff game. That was pretty good for... for um, and how many did he finish with that game? Uh, let's see here. Kevin Durant had 26 points, 
yet again. He was more efficient. And he was 10 of 14. He did 10 of 14. And he had 9 rebounds and 7 assists. Okay. So, I mean, and 2 blocks. Okay, and what did Curry do? Uh, Curry had 33 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. And he was 9 for 17. No, not 9 for 17, sorry, 11 for 26. But 9 for 17 from downtown. Yeah, 9 for 17 from downtown, which is a big deal, but honestly... A big deal, it's a record for most three-pointers in a... Either in a playoff game or a finals game. Playoff game, I believe. I mean, 9 three-pointers is hard to beat. And then... Game, game four. Game four, he had 37. Yeah, he had 37. Durant only had 20. So, I mean, you know, I guess you could make that case. Durant's already got a finals MVP. Yeah. Curry Curry could be finals MVP. Yeah, who's the, who's the, I mean, who do you feel is the centerpiece to that team? Who do I think is the centerpiece to that team? Mm-hmm. I say Steph Curry is the centerpiece to that team. Because that team was They would not have won the championship without Steph Curry. Well, they were already in two championships before Durant ever got there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a good... So, yeah, you make a, a valid point. Right, so that... Yeah, that can annoy you. I can understand why that would annoy people. Uh, so, but yeah. He, but just scoring average over the four games, Durant was a tick better, and people say you can't give an MVP to somebody if in the series he has an off game. He has an 11-point game. I mean, can you make the case for giving it to Durant? Not really. Well, we're not really hitting the meeting and we're not making the opposite case. But in my view, it comes from an abiding sense of jealousy that people have had from Curry going back to his back, his back-to-back MVPs, and which is the first two years of the four-year run before Durant got there. And if you remember, he was averaging over 30 points a game. He won a unanimous. He's the only one that won a unanimous. And the year he won the unanimous, the players did a vote of who they think should have gotten it. And it went to James Harden. So the players, and we, re- you know, Chris Boussard last year came out saying that um, Chris Paul, LeBron James, and I don't remember who the last one is, but they feel jealous of Stephen Curry because they don't feel that he's been through the same amount of adversity or criticism or, um, let's say, uh, you know, when you look hard at somebody's life and try to tear them down which people have done, I would say, to LeBron James. I don't know about Chris Paul, but, yeah, maybe he hasn't gone through the same amount of adversity in that way that LeBron has, but he's going through his own level of adversity. Who, Curry? Yeah. Curry went through adversity. He was drafted by the Golden State Warriors. Perennial losers at the time. Yeah, exactly. Not only that, but he had the ankle injuries that that cost him a lot in the early part of his career. Yeah, I mean he was missing thirty to fifty games a year. When I was, he's kind of Eric Gordon, like. Yeah, when I when I uh, was started watching basketball, Steph Curry was at Davidson, and I was thinking, wow, this kid's gonna be special in the NBA. We got to the NBA, and I kept thinking to myself, man, that kid turned out. I told out, I turned out to be totally wrong about that kid. He's such a bust. And then now he's wowing everybody, and I'm like, oh, I guess I was right. I have a I have a good eye for talent generally. Well, I would say that um, Curry, I mean, they say Trey Young. Have you seen any videos of Trey Young? Yeah. They say he's going to be like the next Curry. Maybe, but I don't know. <clears throat> he can shoot, but I don't know. He, he more reminds me of Westbrook than, 
Yeah, no, he's Trey. not as athletic as Westbrook. He's a three-point shooter. Westbrook's not a three-point yeah. shooter. Yeah, Trey Young. I don't know. I guess we'll see. Well, he might go to the Knicks. If he goes to the Knicks, well, I, I guess we'll him. see. I don't want him. I don't either. We have three-point guards as it is. I want Moody on one. Who wanted Moody in the first place? Well, when he was in the draft, I wanted him that year. I didn't. I forget who we drafted that year. Kristaps Porzingis? No, we didn't get him in the Moody draft. We did too. Moody is two years old than Kristaps. Check it out. While you're checking that out, I'm going to talk about... Um, was some, that the 2014 hi- draft? Some highlights of the um, NBA Finals, some other thoughts on it. I would say that... Uh, Durant did play well, and Durant, but Durant to me, I mean he's a obviously he's a scoring he's a score and he's an ISO player, but oh this wasn't say that at five, when I was reading an article on five thirty eight, in games where Kevin Durant takes the most shots for the team, um, read it and weep. Okay, so we got Porzingis. Oh, I gotta tell a story about this. So I had an apartment in Binghamton at the time, and I was—I um, mean, I still have an apartment, but there's a different apartment that I'm at now. Anyway, I had an apartment, and I'm watching TV and watching the NBA draft live. And when they announced Porzingis going to the Knicks, I was just losing it. I was so happy, so excited, and I'm like screaming in my apartment all by myself. And one of my neighbors upstairs comes down, and he's like. Hey, are you okay? I'm like, and I just started shouting in his face, the Knicks drafted Porzingis! The Knicks drafted Porzingis! And I'm like screaming at him. And he's like, okay. And he turns around and walks away. Yeah. I was like really happy. And so Phil was like, oh, we drafted another foreign player. It's not going to be very good. No, I don't have any interest with foreign players. I like foreign players. I like Sarich. Well, like that's what you Sarich. said. My favorite players are foreign players. Yeah, but that's what you said, though. Porzingis, to me, uh... Who do we have at the time in the in the in the front court? Mellow. Mellow. Who else? I don't know who else we had. Alright, maybe we didn't. Maybe Amari had just gotten done. Yeah. Maybe I felt like Porzingis. We needed a point guard because we've always needed a point guard. Yeah. And Moutier was highly touted. I did and not I like Moutier. And I also liked. And I also liked, to be honest, and I hate him now, but I also liked D'Angelo Russell because his Ohio State highlights. I was hoping that Minnesota was going to whip on. And not pick Towns, and I was hoping Towns would fall. That's the other thing that I saw Charles Barkley say that Towns was going to be the best player in the draft. So I knew Towns would be good. I didn't watch him at all when he was was at Kentucky. I didn't watch him at all, but I thought he might be good. And I also like Jaleel Okafor, even though Jaleel Okafor obviously has a lot of side issues that have cost him a lot in the NBA. But I mean, obviously everybody knows Porzingis turned out to be great. as as Bill Simmons great, as Bill Simmons calls him, God's gift to the the basketball God's gift to basketball. Okay, um, going back to the finals, uh, game one. Do you have any thoughts on game one? Um, <laughs> we're Knicks fans, so guess what? I I was laughing when J.R. Smith did that. I'm like, yep. Typical J.R. Smith. Welcome to the world of J.R. Smith. All right, so he has, he's an athletic freak of nature and has absolutely. He's like he's like Frank Gore. Why is Frank Gore important when it comes to intelligence, Phil? Exactly. I would say about about J.R. 
I mean, I don't think we have the same view on Jr. But I mean, personal, there's a, it's not Jr. got the got the, a lot of negative press from that, right? But I didn't think it was that bad of a decision. So I'll defend Jr. Can you explain to the people maybe they didn't watch the game what happened? I mean, not everybody's a basketball watcher, so maybe you can tell them the scenario what happened. He doesn't know how to count, and he doesn't know how to count, and he had and he thought the uh, that George Hill had made a free throw brass basket that put them up 108 to 107. Turns out they weren't up; they were actually tied, and LeBron James was like begging him to shoot it, like telling him shoot it, shoot it. You know, at least try to make the layup. So he gets the rebound. J.R. Smith gets the rebound. He's right under the hoop. Instead of putting it back, what does he do? He's like, oh, I'm going to take it back. He takes it back. Exactly, which is stupid. So you think he cost them the game? Yeah, he really right, cost so them the I'll game. So I'll give you my version. He potentially could have cost them the game. I mean, there's no guarantee it would have went in because, after all, after all, he's, as one Bleacher Report, was it Bleacher Report? I think it was Bleacher Report. Anyway, Jr. He thinks like Kobe and plays like Jr. Nice. I can't remember Kobe who said that, Kobe. but it was fine. Yeah, that was good. Although Kobe sometimes kind of plays like Jr. too. But um, well, please don't hate on Kobe. I like Kobe. No, the, my greatest, the thing that I like the most about Kobe is his his finale. That was unbelievable. That blew my mind. But what I'll say about so this is my rundown of what happened. Okay, Cavs are up to 30 seconds left. Durant gets the ball, drives it. Uh, maybe he got a pick and roll. I don't have the video in front of me. Gets into the paint, going. LeBron jumps out to the outside the restricted area. Bang, bang, call. They call it a charge. So Cleveland should is up to should get the ball back. Then the refs come. Now remember, it's in Golden State, right? So refs tend to favor the home team. Then the refs go back and change the call and say um, and say. Uh, that it's not actually a charge, it's a block, which I guess it's really up to the discretion, but to change a call like that is pretty absurd. So they change it. Kevin Durant gets two free throws, knocks them both down. It's 107-106. Then LeBron comes back down. I don't know who he has on him. Curry, maybe? And he's hot. He's really hot from the field, right? And he's, I think he's like, he, he hit a bunch of three-pointers that game. He was hot from outside, which almost never happens to LeBron. And he, he's, he's got, I think he's got Curry matched up on him. He passes it into George Hill in the interior. George Hill's fouled, and George Hill goes to shoot the free throw. George Hill hits the first free throw tie game. George, now, one, free throw, one more free throw, and it puts him up. George Hill is, what, something like an 80% free throw shooter? He misses the second free throw, right? I mean, this is Mr. Indiana. He won uh, Mr. Indiana for basketball when he was growing up in Indiana. Indiana, we know, is the state that's produced the most accurate uh, shooters of any state in the country. Um, So he misses. So I blame, one, I blame the refs on the Kevin Durant call. Two, I blame George Hill for missing the second free throw, which people don't even realize. JR gets an offensive rebound, which people should be shocked about. His career, yeah, he's, for his career in general, exactly 800. Okay, so he's 80% free throw shooter. 
He misses the free throw, so I blame George Hill, right? Because you're missing a game-winning free throw. You're an 80% free throw shooter. You, you were Mr. Basketball in the state of Indiana, the number one basketball state in the country. You missed the free throw. It should be Warriors ball with five seconds. JR gets a rebound over seven-foot Kevin Durant, if you watch the tape. I mean, Kevin Durant's a very good rebounder, a better rebounder than JR. Do you disagree? Yeah. You disagree? No, I don't disagree at all. Kevin Durant gave up on that play. No, Kevin Durant doesn't give up because JR gets the rebound and he's running, he's looking up to, like he's going to get a shot, but Kevin Durant's trailing him. Now, Kevin, getting a rebound over Kevin Durant in that pressure moment is impressive, but trying to get a shot off over a 7-foot Kevin Durant chasing you down is not impressive. That's suicide. So JR runs it out to the three-point arc. He's not a good mid-range shooter. He runs it out to the three-point arc. Now, I don't know what he did when he got out to the three-point arc, but it's only three, four seconds left. He dribbled left. it out. No, he tried to pass it into the corner. Somebody came to the corner. He tried to pass it into the corner. I think it's George Hill. He gets the ball. That ball gets tipped. It goes to overtime. It's still overtime. You're not losing it by a point. But LeBron was at the top of the circle, wanted the ball. So he could have passed to LeBron. Maybe LeBron would have gotten a better shot. But LeBron had a chance to get a shot the possession before, and he passed it to George Hill instead. So you could blame LeBron, you could blame George Hill, you could blame the refs, but him securing an offensive rebound, which they shouldn't even have had in the first place, and then running it out is not the end of the world. I mean, you're going to overtime. You didn't lose the game right there. But LeBron, if you No, you pretty much did lose the game right there because the one thing that the Warriors have is depth. The one thing the Cavs do not have is even a good starting lineup other than LeBron James. I mean, I would disagree. I think they have a pretty good starting lineup. Who? Kevin Love when he actually decides to be Kevin Love probably decent. averaged 28 points and 10 rebounds over the series. That's good. Yeah, when he decides to actually play. But two players can't carry a whole team. I mean, they have in the past. 2011 Mavericks, you have who? Uh, Dirk, and then you have role players. I mean, you have Jason Kidd, but he's at the end of the Yeah, but they actually had role players. They had a bunch of players they have that... Corbin. Corbin's had a great year. Yeah, Corver. He disappears when the playoffs comes around. No, Corver had a great playoffs. So where was he in the finals? I think he. I mean, he was getting chased by Clay. Clay's a premier defender. Yeah. See, this is what I'm talking about. It's the difference is that the Warriors are just a more talented team. Their depth is more talented. Yeah, but you're still up two with 30 seconds. The refs make a bad call, a charge. Call, uh, I mean, a blocking call on LeBron that was initially called a charge. It gets a reverse. Durant gets two free throws. LeBron goes down, makes the pass to George Hill. George Hill gets fouled near the basket, misses one of the two free throws. And then JR gets a rebound and brings it out. I think people just like to um, scapegoat JR. JR just makes it so easy. Well, he, he does. brings it on himself. He does, and I'll say that about you know there's staying out and partying with Rihanna. Yeah, there's that's true. There's two more things that should be said about this that were implications. No, two more comments I want to make about that. Three more comments. One, maybe uh, four. Three, four. Yeah, you're right. Four. All okay, right. So maybe number five. one, number one, I blame Mike Breen for bringing the hate on Jr. Because Mike Breen on the announcing as that happens, he starts losing his mind. I don't know what JR is doing. I don't know what JR is doing. What's he think? That they're up one and nobody had brought... No, that was not in anybody's mind until Mike Breen says it, right? So, that's one. Mike Breen, to me, planted the seed in everybody's mind to start hating on JR. He didn't go, oh, George Hill missed a free throw. George Hill's not clutch. Yeah, that He's is an 80% a, free throw shooter. That is a bigger deal or than JR Or he could have said, 
why is LeBron passing it on the last possession of the game? He didn't say yep. any of that. He said, why is J.R. Smith dribbling the ball to the back towards the three-point arc? That's, that's what he felt was the most important thing to highlight. So one, Mike Breen. Two, um, it was their best chance, and everybody agrees, it was their best chance to steal a game. If they steal the first game home court, that's you only need to deal. win one away. You get yep. one away in um, the Oracle right off the bat. It's a different series. Yep. Because your confidence is up. Golden State's confidence is down. You know it's not going to be a sweep. You go back. I mean, they almost they were really good in Game Three. They lost, but they were really good in Game Three back in Cleveland. It would have been a different thing if it was one-one going back. To yeah. And then Game Four, they just got totally they got destroyed. The next two things I point out is Jr.'s comments the following day when he had a press conference to me were very uh, admirable because Jr. said that his whole life he's this is how his life has gone he's always been the butt of the jokes and he's glad that it didn't happen to anybody else because it's a tough thing to deal with like the whole world on Twitter is like basically trolling you like the entire world and Jr. knows how to deal with it because he's always says he's been the butt of the jokes. Whereas if it had happened to one of his other teammates, he said he's glad it didn't because they might not have been able to handle it, which I respect that J.R. for saying. And then the final thing I'll say is this. Yeah, at least J.R. Smith knows he's mentally retarded. The final thing I'll say is this, that LeBron, when he, obviously, I don't know if you saw the video, but there was a three-minute video that they showed without any sound when LeBron goes back to the bench. after You've seen the picture of LeBron like sticking his hands out and disgust that JR is the cloudy spy. What are you doing? You're retarded like this. Look look on his face. When he goes back to the bench, he looks exhausted and JR goes back. JR sits right next to him basically, one seat away, but there's nobody in between, so he's willing to stay in the moment and LeBron and you know, deal with it and LeBron his mistake and LeBron doesn't even look at him for the whole time out like three, four minutes, he doesn't even look in JR's direction, he's so livid, he looks pretty much at everybody else who refuses to even acknowledge JR's existence, and is it good leadership or bad leadership, to me, I wouldn't say that that's good leadership, maybe you could, yeah, the best, the best leadership, the best thing to do would be to take the Charles Oakley approach and just backhand into the face, that, that works a lot better than ignoring problem. I mean, you're making a joke because you like to make a joke at JR's expense, but is that your math? You feel that's the best method of leadership? Well, that's pretty much what all the other alpha dogs did. They just started something and they barked orders at, at people. Shaq did it. Kobe did it. Jordan did it. Bird was the same way. Like, that's how the alpha dogs do it. You don't just ignore it and make it go away. And this is not detracting anything from LeBron James. But uh, I said it before the series, if LeBron James were to somehow, if the Cavs somehow beat the Warriors, I was willing to have the, the GOAT conversation about LeBron James. With this hideous roster, if he were to beat the Warriors, let's have that conversation because this is the worst team he's ever played on. No, the, I think the team with the Spurs was worse. No. No, not at all. Because he still had Wade and Bosch. I would say that. All right, fine. All right, we don't want. Let's get into the goal conversation in a second. You're, let's talk about leadership and attitude. If my teammate makes a mistake and I'm the leader of the team, and he's willing to own up to his mistake, you might be furious, which LeBron is. And there's one other point I'm going to add. When LeBron, 
But I'll add it in a second. Let's just talk about what happened with the team. LeBron, you know what Kyle Corbett does? Kyle Corbett goes in and he claps his hands. Like, let's do this. Let's get together. Now, the teammates respect Kyle Corbett, but he's not the leader. So they go into the, you know what it was? It wasn't depth. It wasn't them being tired because LeBron said he doesn't really, he's not, he was barely tired in the finals. But it was the fact that um, they were emotionally checked out at that point. Once they didn't win the game in the end because of the charge call, because of the being reversed, because George Hill missed free throw, because of JR's boneheaded play, they didn't have any umph. They were not engaged. They were locked in, and the Warriors just ran roughshod over them, beating by like 10 points or something like that in the overtime period. Because the Warriors were emotionally engaged and the crowd was behind them and LeBron and team were checked out. So, to me, yeah, you say Michael's an alpha dog, but Michael wouldn't have probably have passed it to George Hill in the first place. He probably would have tried to take the shot himself, make exactly. a miss. Same thing. LeBron's yeah. known as a guy who builds his teammates up. So, for him to ice out um, uh, JR in that moment, to me, shows like petulance, like a lack of being willing to stay to stay, let's say, uh, engaged with your teammates throughout that. And, and you're human, right? Like, you're, you're human. You're going to get pissed. Yeah. I mean, no. No. See, doesn't matter. LeBron, listen, people can make mistakes. LeBron may have passed George Hill. That's fine. George Hill should have made both of those free throws. He's an 80% free throw, free throw shooter. It's fine. But, at the same time, you know Jordan and Pippen and um, um, Larry Bird and Kobe and Shaq, they'd all be calling for the pass, just like LeBron was on that last play. Right. Even if they made a mistake, and they made mistakes. It's not like they never made mistakes. Right. But, this time, the other player should know, hey, I should pass to LeBron James. He's kind of sort of the best player in the NBA. He's developed a really big reputation. So, I mean, I do fault JR. I mean, I also fault George Hill. Because George Hill's an 80% free throw shooter. So, so wait, one other point. LeBron, when he goes back to the locker room, and I haven't seen LeBron's fourth game four post-game interview. But what he revealed in the game four, and if you watch game four in the fourth quarter, LeBron bangs his hand against somebody, third or fourth quarter, maybe third quarter. He bangs his hand against a teammate, and he's, like, shaking it, like, ow, oh, this really hurts, this really hurts. Obviously, he had been poked in the eye in game one. He had the bloody eye for the rest of the series. But um, he's, when he went back to the locker room in game one, he was so angry. He said it was one of the worst losses of his career. He was so frustrated and so angry that he punched a whiteboard and and he says broke his hand and then he played games two, three, and four with a broken hand. Yeah, and more talented Amari. Basically. But his field goal percentage went down after game one and especially from outside ten feet, his field goal percentage dropped off. And as you get further in the series, I was looking at some stats today, his Average distance for a field goal went from like something like 15 or 16 feet in game one to like four feet in game four. So he's no longer because he, according to self-inflicted injury, he says he's basically been playing with a broken hand for the past three games. He's 
not able to, he let his emotions get the best of him, and he's not able to um, putting himself in the best position to be able to continue to compete with the Warriors. His jump shot was on fire in game one. Like, I hadn't seen him like that in a long time. And I don't know. He just let his emotions take over. Where's LeBron, Joe? Where's LeBron? You don't have anything to say about the psychology of the players? No. I really don't have anything to say about LeBron James. I mean, I still don't think his team is that good around him. George Hill is washed up. J.R. Smith is mentally retarded. Kevin Love doesn't play any defense at all and is very streaky. Tristan Thompson is dating a Kardashian, so naturally his career Tristan is Thompson over. Tristan Thompson for the second straight finals was out rebounded by Stephen Curry. Yeah, that's that's the Kardashian curse right there. Okay. That's what happens when you date a Kardashian. Your career goes kaput. All right. Ask Chris Humphreys. All right. Ask Lamar Odom. All right. Ask Kanye West. Keep going. Who else have they dated? Oh, Ben Simmons is next. Reggie Bush. But yeah, Reggie Bush, too. Don't forget, Ben Simmons is next, just so you know. Why are you, why are you saying that? He's, he's dating a Jenner. Who? Uh, uh, Kylie Jenner. Kendall or Kylie? Kendall. I don't know. One of the two. Well, Kylie just had a baby. Ken, Kylie just had a baby. Might be Kendall. Okay. I don't know. Either way, it's the Kardashian curse. It's the, yeah. It's bad. So, Ben Simmons, RIP, Philly's not going to be competitive anymore. All right, where do I think LeBron is going? Yeah, where do we think LeBron is going? Because who's he, who does he have? Rodney Hood. Okay, so, first of all, if you're going to trade Kyrie, the first trade they were going to have for Kyrie was getting Paul George and Carmelo Anthony for Kyrie, okay. which would have been a monster trade. Except for Carmelo Anthony. I would have taken that trade in a heartbeat if I'm Cleveland because then I don't have to worry about is my player going to get injured every other game. Who did the Knicks get in that prospective trade? Do you remember? Uh, I think we got Kevin Love. And who did... Um, so you have to trade Kevin Love as well. Yeah, you'd have to trade Kevin Love. And who? And then Indiana gets Kyrie? Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, Kyrie was supposed to go to Phoenix, I think. And Bledsoe would have gone to the Cavs. What? Bledsoe goes to the Cavs. Paul George goes where? To the Cavs. And Carmelo goes where? To the Cavs. And who does Indiana get? I don't know. Josh Jackson. Can you look up Maybe the Tristan trade? Thompson. Can you look up the trade? Yeah, that's a. It's a. It, it was a very complex trade. I'll talk about LeBron while you're looking that up. Let me just say this about LeBron. I, if I. I mean, I'm not. If, if I'm LeBron, yeah, probably I do move on, but it has more to do with Dan Gilbert than it has to do with anybody else. Because I have no. Most likely, he either has a completely damaged relationship with Dan Gilbert, or he has no relationship with Dan Gilbert. And why would you want to be in a situation any longer? You already got them the championship. I mean, he's been signing one and two year deals, he's, his deal is done. Why not move on? The, the main prospective places that people are mentioning are Philadelphia, L.A., Miami, San Antonio, New York. I mean, we're going to get into which one of those you feel is best, but they're not going to beat the Warriors the way they're constructed now, which is pretty clear from the past two finals. They lost... Kyrie, with Kyrie they got one game, now they got zero games, and I mean they've really, he's got, if he wants to keep winning, 
he's got to go elsewhere. If he's more focused on staying loyal to his home area, then it's fine if he stays there. Um, did you find the trade? Uh, it was supposed to be separate trades. What do you got? I, I mean, while I'm waiting, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my views on Cleveland's future if LeBron goes. If LeBron goes, you couldn't find it? No, but I'm pretty sure that that's actually what they were trying to do. They were trying to land Paul George and Carmelo Anthony, and this was during the draft. This was on draft night. They were trying to get a whole bunch of different players. I thought they were tr initially trying to trade Kyrie in the trade deadline. Yeah, initially they were thinking about it, but they couldn't really come up with anything. Normally you're good stable. at remembering players in the trade, though. Usually I am. I don't know. Well, I'll say this about Cleveland's future without LeBron. It's pretty bleak. It's bleak, yeah, I would say so. They, they don't have... Um, they're capped out. They got... Tristan Thompson in a rich deal, Jr. in a rich deal. What's Tristan Thompson making? 18, 17, 18 million a year? A lot. And More than he should be 16, making. 15, 16 oh million. You used God. to be a Tristan Thompson fan. I did before he dated a Kardashian, and now it's over. Yeah, you want to make everything about dating a Kardashian, but it doesn't literally affect you when you're on the court. Apparently it does. Maybe it's psychological, but As what, why plays. do you like him in the past? I like Chris Humphries. Because he was a good rebounder, and he was tough on defense. Well, he showed some spurts of that this, this um, I mean, in a, one, one of the games. And to me, what do you think of Larry Nance? Do you have any opinion on Larry Nance? I don't think he's that good. He's better than people say he is, but... They should have been playing with Rodney Hood. So LeBron James was making $33.2 million this year. Uh -huh. Kevin Love was making twenty two point six. George Hill is making $20 million. Mm -hmm. Listen, George Hill George is a good player. He's okay. He's average, but $20 million is pretty high. I think that all the salaries in the NBA right now are way too high. Tristan Thompson, $16.4 million. No, he's more like a $10 million, $8 to $10 million a year player, in my opinion. Well, he's signed to LeBron's agent. Yeah, exactly. J.R. Smith is making thirteen point seven. Also signed Jordan Clarkson is making eleven point five. That's too much. Kyle Korver is making oh, seven Jordan million. Jordan Clarkson eleven million. Eleven point five. Yeah. That's disgusting. He's a three million dollar player. He's a he's not even a mid level. He's maybe a mid level exception. Yeah, maybe. I'd take Jared Jeffries over Jordan I'd Clarkson. I take. Well, he's not playing the league anymore. But I'd take um, Nick Young over over Jordan Clarkson. I would too. I would too. Kyle Korver is making seven. That's a deal. Osmond. Yeah, seven that's is true. Deal. That is a deal. Osman was making 2.6. Rodney Hood is making 2.3. Deal. Jose Calderon is making 2.3. Deal. No, that's not a deal. Jose Calderon, he should be making veteran minimum. No, he had a good year this year. <laughs> because they have the, they don't make him do too much work because the Cavs have enough talent where he doesn't have to do work. On the Knicks, he had to run the show. He couldn't. And then you've got Jeff Green. Good. He's, he's 2.1 million. Good deal. He had a good, he had a good playoffs. Yeah, he actually, for once, he actually had a good playoffs. He didn't really disappear. Uh, Zizic, 1.6, and Larry Nance is making 1.4. To me, that's a really good deal. But the problem is that next year... What's the problem? Do you want to answer it or not? Okay. You do? There we go. We're good. 
Okay, so the big problem that's coming up this year, right, for the Heat, they've got Hassan Whiteside, who's going to be making next year $25 million. Dragic's going to be making $18 million. James Johnson's going to be making 14.6. Dion Waiters is going to be making 11.5. I don't think Dion Waiters is worth 11.5. I'm not saying he's like a terrible player, but 11.5 is a little much. I like Kelly Olenek. I've always liked Olenek. But I think that $11 million is maybe overpaying for him by no a couple million. Kelly Olenek moved up in every stat this year. In his, in his what about tennis. Tyler Johnson? No, I don't like Tyler Johnson. $19.2 million. From five point eight million to nineteen point two million, wow, that is a rip off. Josh Richardson is up to nine point three million, up from one point four. They had a good series against Philly. So how much cap space will they have? Uh, let's see here. And and then they also have to pay for Chris Bosh still. Sure, but isn't that comped by the insurance? I don't know. Alright, well, where are the destinations? Main destinations for LeBron. Uh, main destinations, number one, the number one destination could be Philly or L.A. Either of those. And either of them have cap? They have a lot of cap space. Okay. A lot of cap space Not if L.A. signs IT. Well, I think they're going to hold off on IT. Speaking of which, I actually want to address this before we get to the destinations. Um, When it comes to the Cavs, listen, I've played NBA 2K against Phil for years. And one thing we've always learned is that when you trade somebody who's less than five stars or five stars, you're never going to get five stars in return for him. You're going to get something less. you get a young prospect that's a three- or four-star prospect that's coming up. Yeah, exactly. But chances are you're not going to. And IT is not one of those young prospects. Right? But in real life, those prospects don't always pan out. I always... Not even all my prospects on NBA 2K pan out. I've had some pretty bad ones. But into the real world, right, they traded Kyrie for Isaiah Thomas and the Nets pick. Well, Isaiah Thomas was averaging 28 points a game in Boston. Yeah, he just come off a hip injury, which I understand the trade, but you better get a little bit more for that, though, for Kyrie. They got Crowder. Yeah, woo, everybody wants Crowder. And they got one of Bill Simmons... Every time Bill Simmons proposed a trade for somebody going to Boston, he's always like, and Jay Crowder, and Jay Crowder. He always threw Jay Crowder into every trade because he hates Jay Crowder. Um, at the time, it looked like a pretty semi-even deal because I don't think people knew how good Kyrie <laughs> was. Isaiah Sorry. Thomas was, a, I think, fourth place in MVP the year before. <clears throat> yeah, see, I don't think it was that good of a trade. The problem with Isaiah Thomas is he's, what, 5'7"? 5'7", 5'8", yeah. Yeah, he's short. Short people don't last long in the NBA. That's true. They don't last long. So Well, they had a chance to nix the deal when they saw that Isaiah's hip wasn't right, but they decided to keep going anyway. Yeah, and I think because that was Because they stupid. ran a physical, and there was a, a clause in the deal that if he, he didn't get through what they felt was medically sound, then he they could nix the deal, but they chose not to. I would have nixed the deal. And LeBron alluded to that at the beginning of the finals. Yep. Saying that he was he was never told because you know they talk about GM LeBron. Yeah. He was never told about that they were in deal with the superstar point guard and that he didn't agree with it even after they told him, but they went ahead and did it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. It was really stupid. It was a stupid trade. And then what did they do? They turn around and trade Isaiah Thomas for Jordan Clarkson, 
Larry Nance, Rodney Hood, and George Hill. Like, it just gets worse and worse. So basically, all said and done, they traded Kyrie and a Nets pick for George Hill, Larry Nance Jr. They still have the Nets pick. Eighth overall coming up. They traded Kyrie for the Nets pick. Okay. Larry Nance Jr., George Hill, Jordan Clarkson, and Rodney Hood. Does that sound like a good trade to you, Phil? No. And that's pretty much what it amounted to. Everybody knew that was Isaiah Thomas. That I don't whether he could come back or not. It's whatever, you know. He, he chances are he can come back. He cannot come back. Who knows? We really don't know. But I wouldn't take that chance because I'm not that kind of person. I hate always injured players. Like if. If I'm going to be a GM, I don't want to be have an always injured player. So this year in the salary, if if LeBron decides to stay in Cleveland, which I don't think is going to happen. All right. What percentage do you give it? Two uh, percent. Okay. I'd say two percent chance. So Kevin Love is going to be making twenty four million. George, do you think it has to do with team, or do you think it has to do with not wanting to be in Cleveland, but want to be in a, in a sexier market? I don't think it's necessarily a sexier market. I think that could have a small impact, but I don't think for LeBron James that's that big of a deal. He's not about the big market, because if he were, he wouldn't have gone back to Cleveland a second time around. Well, maybe he felt obligated. Well, yeah. I mean, you might feel a little less obligated now, but let's, let's face it. LeBron James cares about championships, because I'm sure in LeBron James's mind, because everybody's always trying to compare him to Jordan or uh, trying to ask, is LeBron truly the greatest of all time? And he keeps falling short of Jordan. Why does he keep falling short of Jordan? Championships. Mm-hmm. How many championships has LeBron James lost? Five. Out of? Eight. Exactly. Is nine. it eight or nine? Nine. He went to one with the Cavs. He won the four with Miami, four, yeah, nine. He's lost six. Yeah, he's lost six. He's only won three out of out of nine. Like, that's pretty bad. I don't know if he really... If I'm LeBron... Kobe never got swept in the finals. Shaq never got swept in the finals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Let me see. Okay, we're going to do that. Let me see here. So, Larry Bird was never swept in the finals, was he? I don't think so. Okay, Jordan. Was he swept in the finals? No. What about Kobe? No. What about Magic Johnson? No. What about Bill Russell? Uh, I don't think so. No. See, that's the point. The point is, never been swept in the finals. Now, is it all LeBron James's fault? No. Which is why I think he's leaving. I mean, when you can play with young players in Philly, which I would, play with Embiid and Ben Philly, Simmons. Honestly, I don't even know if I want LeBron. Yeah, same here. Honestly, you know what would have worked out better for LeBron James? What? If instead of going to Miami and playing with Bosch and Wade in an unsustainable salary cap where they couldn't actually sign any role but players. But it wasn't the salary cap that cost my damn, but go ahead. It was because they couldn't get role, good no, enough role Wade players. Wade said that by year four it was no longer fun, and that's why they separated. Remember the Heatles, how much pressure was on them all the time? They were yeah. like the villains. The first super team? Yep. They used to throw batteries at the away games? <laughs> Sorry, this is really funny. Getting hit in the head with a battery. Yeah. 
So if you were uh, LeBron, instead of going to Miami, where you go? New York. Think about it. You've got Amari Stoudemire. You've got Wilson Chandler, Danilo Gallinari, Timothy Mozgov, Raymond Felton when he wasn't McDonald, McFe- Raymond McFelton. Right. Um, who else did we have on that team? Well, we also had Tony Douglas, but eh. <laughs> goodness. But still, like that would have been a team where you've got Amari and then you've got a whole bunch of, of good role players in a high-paced offense. All right, so you don't think he's going to Miami. No, he's not going to Miami. Greg Popovich came out and said that he plans to pursue LeBron James, which is a big deal. So the question is, is Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard staying or leaving? And is Popovich going to do this if Kawhi Leonard leaves or even if Kawhi Leonard if stays? Give, if they give Kawhi Leonard the sewer max, $200 million, do they have enough to sign LeBron? I don't think so because they also have Lamar, LaMarcus Aldridge. Right. So, and they already told Kawhi, I think, that they would offer him the super max. Yep. I'd offer Kawhi Leonard a Supermax, too. Unless well, you can get LeBron Kawhi, James. Do you want to even go back? Why? Kawhi's, what, five years younger than LeBron? Kawhi's almost as good as LeBron. Yeah, the question is, though, what does Kawhi Leonard want to do? And does LeBron James really want to go to the Spurs? I'd love to play for Greg Popovich, because Greg Popovich is the, the best. second best coach of all time. Maybe the best. I mean, I love Phil Jackson to death. No, Phil Jackson is the best coach of all time. What about Red Auerbach? No. Phil Jackson won... 11 championships with two completely different teams. Okay. So, Phil Jackson is hands down the best. Red Eric won nine. With Bill Russell? Okay. Yeah, okay. That was one team. Yeah, but it was Bill Russell. All right, go ahead. The the point is, do you want to play with the best to currently... I don't know. Do we want to call Popovich the best coach in the NBA right now? Who's better? Steve Kerr, apparently. I mean, you don't think Popovich will be winning championships with Golden State's roster? <laughs> yeah, that's true. They probably would. He probably would be. But, yeah, it's hard to... I mean, yeah. I don't know. Popovich, though. So you're better in San Antonio. Yeah, I'd love to see him in San Antonio. But twenty. he million? definitely... I think that the highest probability is L.A. Mm-hmm. The Lakers. He owns two actually, houses in L.A. Right, and one of them is twenty million. Yeah, and, and the Lakers have enough salary cap where they could sign Paul George and LeBron. And they got and they got my favorite player in the NBA. Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball. I do like Lonzo Ball a lot. So what's If the, LeVar Ball can just shut up and, you know, maybe... You know what the Lakers should do? And Genie Buss should... What's the other rookie's name? I don't remember. You don't know? Oh, my God. This is embarrassing. The guy that made the All-NBA rookie... First All-NBA rookie team, the three-point shot. Oh, Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, yeah. That guy is pretty good, too. Honestly, if I'm Genie Bus, you know what I would do? I would pay a hitman to assassinate LeVar Ball. All right. That way Lonzo Ball can keep his head in the game. I'm a LeVar Ball fan. I hate LeVar Ball. Ball fan. He's just... He doesn't need to shut up. That's all. Now, to me, he goes to L.A., but he doesn't go there for championship reasons. He goes there for personal reasons. He's already got a billion dollars from Nike, right? Lifetime deal, right? He wants to be in the entertainment business when he gets done. He has his own production company. He already owns a $20 million house. It's beautiful weather. He wants to play until 20. He wants to play through his 20th season in order for his final season to play with Braun Jr. Why not go to LA? Why not don the yep. purple and gold? 
and going the way Magic was, uh, Kareem, Will, Jerry West, Elgin Baylor, I'm sorry, Bill Kobe. Simmons, if you ever hear this. The Lakers are the greatest franchise ever. Either Lakers or Boston, but, I mean, Lakers are just amazing. Yeah, they're, they're always... So why not add to that legacy? Yeah, right? Take the Lakers' legacy. It's a good If I were him, I would take, pick that over the Knicks, and I, I'm, Knicks is my favorite team. Listen, I love the Knicks, even though I hate James Dolan, just like every other good Knicks fan mm-hmm. does. We hate James Dolan for everything he's done. We especially hate Isaiah Thomas, not IT3. Isaiah Thomas, you know, the dirtbag. You don't hate Isaiah Thomas for ruining the Knicks for 10 years? I mean, that bothered me, but I don't blame him. I blame Dolan. You don't blame Isaiah Thomas? He made bad deals, but lots of teams have made bad deals. He made, like, every possible bad deal. I like Isaiah Thomas' personality. I find him very charming. Okay. He is the most brilliant con artist I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, he could sell you a second butthole. <laughs> what do I need a second butthole for? He'll come up with, like, a million reasons you need a second butthole. I never thought of that. So you, uh, so my my wager is on him going to L.A. Yeah, I, I would say he would want to go to L.A. if he's going to go somewhere. Will he get Paul George? The only drawback is, Cause Paul I don't George's know if LA he wants guy. to be in the Paul... West, though. Yeah, true. He might not want to be in the West, because in the West, he might he not make the finals. the finals. He won't. He might not get but to I the finals. But I don't think he's as concerned about the finals as we think he is. I, I think, think he's, he's more concerned, concerned about... Then why has he been there nine for eight straight times? Because he owns the East. Raptors are live in perpetual fear of LeBron James. The Raptors actually are demolishing, and they are blowing it up, and they're putting everybody up for trade. I don't, trade did block. you read that? Yep. Because they got rid of Dwayne Casey. Yep. Kyle Lowry's on the trade Ujiri, block. Ujiri, that's like your favorite GM. I hate Ujiri with a passion. He's a good he's, GM, he's, um, No, he's very bad at building a team, very bad at drafting, but he is brilliant at making trades. I mean, look how much, look how bad he fleeced the Knicks. He fleeced us for, for Carmelo Anthony. Donnie Walsh was just going to get Carmelo Anthony for, like, minimum. Like, virtually nothing. Right. We, we were going to trade virtually nothing. No picks, really, or right. anything. And then what happens? Well, Masai Ujiri... <laughs> Masai Ujiri was coming out with a rumor that the Nets were trying to get him too. And they were, he was like, oh, well, you know, he might want to go to the Nets instead of you guys. And then Jim Dolan was just like, oh, my gosh. No, we need Carmel Anthony to sell tickets. I need more money even though I own Time Warner. And so... He owns Cablevision, by the way. Cablevision, just for the whatever. fans out there. Cablevision. And MSG. Yeah. He's like, whatever, I own this and that. and He's richer than Donald Trump, in other words. Yeah, pretty much. So, he he's, got he's involved. Richer, he's richer than George Lucas. So, he got involved, and he was like, we need to trade our entire team plus our entire future in the draft. Right. So, not only are we going to trade our entire team, Raymond McFelton. All right, all right. Before we go on Raymond McFelton, one other, now that we're done with LeBron a bit, going forward, do you think the Warriors stay together? Do you think the Warriors make a run at LeBron? Quick two questions, and then what happens with Houston? Okay, first of all, and how good where are the Warriors? Where are the Warriors going to find money for LeBron? 
they don't sign Clay, they don't sign, and they trade Draymond. Except for the fact that they won how many championships? Three out of four. I yeah. wouldn't do it if I were them. Why not keep it together? Nobody could yeah, touch right? it. Yeah, right? right. Just check. There's, no, there's, there's no some reason. people that go out there saying, oh, Warriors are going to go out there. I've the never heard any rational. I just saw it all over ESPN. Yeah, right. They're like three days in a row. All right. I'm not going to give up one of the best three-point shooters in NBA history. All right, go ahead. Clay so, Thompson right, so they won't go up to LeBron. Will you, agree, you think the Warriors will stay together? Yeah, of course. Right, what happens with Houston? Wait, do you think the Warriors' egos will ever collide? The Warriors' what? Egos. No. Okay. What happens with Houston? Houston, that's hard to tell. But uh, Houston wants Paul George. The problem is Houston also has some salary cap issues. I mean, Houston, they want Paul George. Paul George, I think, is going to L.A. He's an L.A. guy. He's from Pasadena. All right, so here's the payroll. Next year, they have $30 million going to James Harden, $20 million going to Ryan Anderson. Ryan Anderson's going to yeah, Ryan $20 million. How does he keep getting paid? He must have like a three-point shooter. Must have the best agent in the NBA. Honestly, I'm not saying he's terrible, completely terrible, but wow, that's pretty bad. Eric Gordon's making 13.5. That's justifiable. PJ Tucker's making 7.9. They got to re-sign Trevor, and they have to re-sign Chris Paul, which and Clint Capella. They have to re-sign Chris Paul, which is a big one. Oh yeah, and Clint Capella's going to get a huge. Chris Paul is making 24. Point five million this year, so next year he's going to be getting a huge deal, like thirty million plus. Yeah, but he's thirty-three. Clint, Clint Capella is going to be getting a, a big deal too. Clint Capella is going to—I would ask for the max. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Is, they can't afford. Him. Yeah, you—they can't afford him if they're going to keep Chris Paul and. Well, if Chris Paul doesn't get the hamstring injury in the fifth game of the Western Conference Finals. They might beat the Warriors. Yeah, I would. I actually thought that. If Chris Paul had been in, they might have actually stood a chance of beating the Warriors. I mean, they went to seven games, and he was out the last two. Yep. Chris Paul is a ball spectacular. Yeah. All right, so final question. What um, what was my final question? I said War- Warriors, Houston, and then... Um, Where's Paul George going? No. Philly? Uh, no, 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 no. I guess then that's it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Because we can't remember everything. All right, well, um, oh, who do you think the Knicks should draft? I want Colin Sexton. Which he plays well. Alabama. Point guard. You think we need another point guard? You don't believe in Nilakina? I like Nilakina. The problem is he doesn't ever shoot when he's supposed to. He only wants to pass the ball. He's a great defender, great passer. You don't think that could develop? It could. I don't know. We don't need Emmanuel Moutier, and we don't need Trey Burke. Trey Burke is a good sixth man, though. I like Trey Burke, but he's also overpaid. He had 43. No, he's not. He's not. Check his salary. He's like minimum. He's minimum. He's 43 points in one game this year. I hate him, but... Why do you hate him? I don't like mid-range shooters. I don't like small point guards. Yeah, he is pretty small. He's tiny.
Yeah, we're still paying Joe Keaton. That's a big problem. Oh, they look terrible. Uh, Trey Burke, oh, I guess he's only making 1.7, but Moutier is not making a lot, so at least that's good. Uh, Lance Thomas is making like 7 million. Courtney Lee is making 12 million. Tim Hardaway Jr. is making 17. Fine. I think Tim Hardaway Jr. is more of a 12 or 13 million dollar year uh, player. Excuse me, um, what's the point? What's the shooting guard on Atlanta's name? I don't know. Ken Bazemore? Kent Bazemore? He's yeah. making 19. Okay. That is completely overpaid. I've so, that is he's, he's terrible. He's better than Kent more. Well, of course he is. That doesn't mean anything. It's like, remember how Rebus was trying to get that contract with uh, with the Jets? He was trying to yeah. renegotiate his contract. Yeah. And he's like, I want to be paid 50 cents more than Asumaga. Right. Well, I read an article, and it was it basically said that you've got two buddies. One buddy has just kind of an average job and he spends about $2,000 on an engagement ring. Then you've got another another buddy who's rich and just goes all out and spends $20,000 on an engagement ring because he can, because he has the money. Right? Mm-hmm. Now you've got buddy number three. He's got to try to compete with his buddy that just spent $20,000 on a ring because his best friend uh, who spent that ring, his girlfriend's best friend was was the girl who got engaged with the $20,000 ring. Okay. So, I mean, so? Listen, just because the Raiders give a stupid contract and do something stupid, did Revis really need that big of a contract? No, he should have been willing to take a little bit of a pay cut, even if he was the best cornerback in the NFL. One or two million dollars less a year wouldn't hurt. Kent Bazemore is just overpaid because the Atlanta Hawks are stupid. Yeah, maybe. But you still you still want the best player to be paid the most, no? Tim Hardaway Jr. is not the best player, and neither is Kent Bazemore. I mean, you still want the better player to be paid more, no? Uh, depends on who's getting a... If somebody's getting a, a ridiculously absurd contract, it's different. So, yeah. I would like to see the Knicks get Colin Sexton... Um, maybe. I don't know. It's hard. I think if there's a way we can trade our pick and flip it for for an actually impactful player, that would be amazing. But, I don't know. I, I just don't understand the Knicks. They're even terrible at losing. They can't even lose the right way. <laughs> That's true. Like that season where we drafted Porzingis, like, the last few weeks of the year, we just kept winning games. And I'm like, why are we winning games? Right. We're trying to lose. We're trying to tank. Luckily, we got Kristaps Porzingis, which was a steal because the two teams before us passed him up for Jill Okafer and D'Angelo Russell. Well, I think that's it pretty much then. Yeah, that's pretty much it. All right, well, this was a special edition. Uh, we'll be putting up another political podcast soon, but this was special NBA edition. Hope you guys enjoyed it. This is Philip, And this is Mike. Signing off.